Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 49 of Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on pretty much whatever the hell we want. I'm your host, Chad Knight, and with me as always is Lou Schwalbach. Good evening. This week we're going to go back to the mailbag and let a guest listener be part of the show. Like before, we'll be going over an outside playlist given to us by a listener and give it our well-educated and (laughs) non-biased... Okay, you don't need to laugh every time I say (laughs) non-biased. I can't help it. All right, so our non-biased opinions on the songs, good or bad. As a reminder, we have chosen not to accept any stipulations such as don't hate on XX band because I like them or don't be mean. We won't be pulling any punches regardless of whomever the guest chooser is, so there will be no favoritism displayed. Just our pure, unadulterated opinions. Potential submitters, don't say you weren't warned. This week's playlist was brought to us by Twitter listener and follower Hunter McLeod. Per his own admission, much of the playlist is going to be either indie or unsigned, a.k.a. not very well known. This means the tunes we're about to talk about are going to be completely new to the both of us, which leads us to ask, will we discover some new artists that we may just have to start listening to, or will it be junk that we could live without? Will we feel our lives enriched and better for listening to these, or will we feel cheated and wish we had our precious time from our lives back? Guess you'll have to keep listening to find out. So without further ado, let's get this party started. Sounds like a plan. So how you doing, sir? Pretty good. How'd your Christmas go? My Christmas was good. Yourself? Pretty good. Head up with family, did the dinner thing, and... Yeah, you guys took a trip down to Iowa, didn't you? We did, actually. Headed down to central Des Moines area, and it was... There's virtually no snow on the ground. In fact, they actually had grass showing. Oh, really? Until the day before Christmas. In fact, we I think they got like an inch. Which So it was a finger quotes, white Christmas, which all the people down there were pissing and moaning about. Like, you know what? Screw you. <laughs> Whereas up here, it was butt freezing cold. Yeah. And down there, it was like five degrees and all the people are talking about it. Like, oh my God, it's so cold. I'm like, shut up. Well, you know, it was funny. I was talking to a guy today at work that's from the Atlanta area. Oh and, my God, they're probably dying. Well, he was, he had actually flown into Indianapolis this morning. Okay. And he's like, I got in there and it was like two degrees. Like, dude, it's 15 below here right now. Air temperature. Yeah. That's not with, that's without, you know, wind chill. And for those of you in the south or don't people who don't know what cold is, wind chill is what the actual temperature feels like based on the speed of the wind going through the cold air. So this morning when I woke up, it was 17 below zero with a wind chill of negative 42. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I remember, in fact, one of the guys I'm, on, I'm friends with on Facebook who I used to work with when I lived in the Des Moines area... His car said it was one degree and it was super cold. I'm like, I, sh- I took a screenshot of my phone where it said the air temperature was negative nine with the wind chill of 37 below zero. I said, yeah, come up and visit sometime. I, I don't know. Do you remember as a kid? Because you grew up in Wausau too. Oh, yeah. You know, 60, 70 below zero with wind chill. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I remember. I think I worked at the mall at that time. Okay. And I remember having to walk home and wearing two jackets, breathing through the, the zipper and freezing my zipper shut because I had to breathe through it because I was frozen. Yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. 
I mean, 17 below, like it's been this week, you know, where it gets up to 5 below zero or something during the day. It's cold, yeah. If there's not a lot of wind, though, it's not as bad as you really think. Lately, it has been, though. And Yeah, the wind the last couple of days has been horrible. And, and now, I know that you don't keep the full goatee. You just kind of keep the bottom part. Yeah. But you, you keep the top part. Even if you're just breathing, you get that whole thing frosted over. And oh, it yeah. looks like you got snot on it. But it's not snot. It's just actual icicles hanging down from your beard. <laughs> exactly. All right, so... Let's say we get liquored up. I like that idea. All right. Now, we're going to do something special this week. Yes, we are. We're going to actually do two liquored up during the show. It's not quite a pregame. No, and it's it's not a reflection upon the playlist, because if this would have been the case, there's a couple past ones that I think we would have had to get hammered on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, actually, this playlist, uh, without giving too much away... I Pleasantly surprised. Very enjoyable, yeah. So... So for the first one, we are doing a uh, hard cider with honey and cherry added called Zombie Killer. It is 5.5% alcohol. It is a, I don't know, maybe about a... It's a 500 milliliter 500 bottle. milliliter, so whatever athlete, that comes athlete. to. It is gluten-free. So, Scott, if you're listening, if, you, if we like this, we might get you a bottle. So... It does say on the jar, and I thought this was kind of... Or on the bottle, I thought this was kind of neat. It says, dedicated to the freaks and the geeks, which... Okay, that's us. Yeah. Says, what started as a top-secret experiment with Michigan honey, cherries, and apple cider became a viral epidemic. It won't be easy to survive, so grab your weapons, and don't forget this bottle for backup. Serve cold. Zombies hate the cold. And undersigned by? Undersigned by Beware. And you can't see this, but it literally does say that underneath the name. Yeah, so let's not wait anymore. Let's uh, give this a taste. Ooh, I like that. It's got a bit of a tartness to it. It's a little sweeter than what I normally like, but I do like this. It's good. I, I don't know what to really say too much about it. I mean, I'm not cherry, not tasting that much cherry. You can definitely taste the honey. I taste honey honey on the front, but I do taste cherry on the back. Yeah, the honey is really what's sticking out here for me. It's good. I like it. It's a like an apple honey almost. With Yeah, I mean, and really all that's in this is apple juice, honey, cherry juice, and some preservatives. Okay, it loses points for preservatives, but then again, everything has preservatives. Well, and especially with a cider, because they're not... I mean, they are fermented, but they're not fermented in the same way that a beer is fermented. Well, what's funny, actually, if you look at the ingredients, it even says, potassium sorbate to prevent re-fermentation. Right. It's kind of awesome. Can you imagine double fermented, what that would be like? I think it would lose something. Yeah, I think it would lose your lunch, because you'd probably get yeah. sick. Yeah, I would think so. So... What, what do you give this one? I give this a thumbs up. I'm giving it a bar. Okay. Fair I enough. think it's, it's all right. I don't know if I'd really have a ton of these, partially because they're not exactly the cheapest thing out there. Yes, that's true. They do they do clock in at $8 a bottle, which is on the high end of what I like to spend for beer. Yeah. So, but... It was we, worth trying. Yeah, absolutely. And I may buy this from time to time. As a treat. Yeah. There you go. But let's move on. It is trivia time. All righty. What is my... What is my current oh crap? I'm gonna win have to, loss. Let's take a look actually because I forgot your win loss is. I want to say it's like ten and seven. Pardon, but... pardon my noise here. You are ten and eight. Ten and eight. I yes. was close. Okay, so ten and eight. Well, now you're ten and ten and nine because you got that one wrong. But I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> it was not a fucking trivia question, okay, pal? All right, so ten and eight. Your trivia question for tonight actually is not that hard of one. Uh-huh. Is this what had to do with the WB question that you sent me earlier today? It did not, actually, because I have I bought two different forms of liquor that I want to know which one to bring. 
Oh. So that was what I asked you before. So okay. your, your question, what is the stage name of Marvin Lee Aday, who played Eddie in Rocky Horror Picture Show? Okay, so we'll answer this at the end. Which I can tell by you rolling your eyes and drooling that you already know the answer yes. to, but I'm going to ask it again. What is the stage name of Marvin Lee Aday, who played Eddie in Rocky Horror Picture Show? Okay, we'll, uh, we'll we'll revisit that at the end of the show. You know, you piss and moan that I give you hard ones all the time, and now I give you one that's a little easier, and now you're rolling your eyes. So, you know, I can't win with your ass, can I? <laughs> no, you keep handing me ones like that, and I will have a great record. You know what? If you want an underhand every now and then, I'll give you an underhand pitch. An underhand once in a while is kind of nice. So, now before we start talking about the songs, we'll remind you guys of our personal rating system for our guest songs. We used to use a 1 to 10 rating, but with some deliberation, we've made an update. So... Here's our new system. Zero. Yes, a song can get a zero. I don't think we've given one out yet. We've come close. We've come close. But a zero is absolute shit. Kill it with fire before your ears bleed. Or as your ears are bleeding. Or, you In know. Some, just dispose of it immediately. Exactly. One to three is a hard pass. Never again if we can help it. Four to six is okay. Not great, but not terrible. We won't likely change the station, but also we won't seek it out. 7 to 9 is pretty good to great. May have to look for some more by this artist in the future. And 10 is the unicorn. Amaze balls, awesome. And we can't live without it. Dude, what is it with all the artists being... What it's, I'm just I'm just telling you, after pre-looking at this list, there are a lot of artists with the word dead in the title. Yeah, I think there's like 4 right, out I'll, of 14. Oh no, how many did I count on there? 1, 2, 3, 4... Yeah, 4. Okay, well, either I thought there was more, but either way, still, 4 out of 14 is still a lot to have the same name of the band. Yeah, so, guys, watch for it. See see if you can figure out, A, what the word is, and, and, and B, if you can find all four of them. It's like a little... Even though I think we did just mention the word, but... Did I? Did yeah. I say dead? Yeah, you probably did, but either well, way... let's not tell them. All right, we'll throw you guys an underhand pitch, too. <laughs> All right, why don't so you, why, you... why don't you uh, kick this one off? All right, I will do so. I'm going to go ahead and start with Palm Springs by the by Castle Pines, a California band using a name of a city in California. No way. It's like a California band talking about the ocean or swimming or surfing or, or something. Or cars or girls. Exactly. That shit never happens. No, no. Now, unless we're talking about Palm Springs, Florida, which is probably pretty unlikely. Most coastal people I know know about their own coast, and then the rest of the world doesn't exist to them. If you ask any New Yorker or New Jersey person, it's the East Coast and F everybody else. So, should I really throw you a curveball? What's that? Palm Springs is the name of the song. I know Castle that. Pines is the name of the, the band. band. Right. Is Castle Pines in California? Or were you talking about the song? No, the song is called Palm Springs. The yep. band is, in Calif- is a California band. Correct. That's what I meant. Okay. But I digress. Anyways, this quartet from California has a very alternative feel to them. It kind of sounded a little bit 90s. Before we go too much further, why don't we just go ahead and listen to it so you can kind of hear what we'll be talking about. This song kind of sounds like the bastard love child of a three-way that happened between Live, Matchbox 20, and Oasis. Thankfully, it's not the whiny Oasis shit that people come to like best for some stupid reason. Because Oasis has some good stuff, but most of the ones that everybody likes is just like, meh. It's like, 
like the dying giraffe type song. But anyways, the song doesn't really jump out for me. I'm intrigued by the artist, though. So I couldn't really turn this one off because it has a really smooth groove to it. <laughs> yeah, I said smooth groove. Whitest boy you know is saying smooth groove. Well, it still beats what we said last week. This is true. I don't love it, but maybe there's more out there. So I'm going to say this is going to be a seven because I want to hear more. Okay. Well, I said here that the lead singer has a great voice. The song is not as good. I mean, the music sounds very much like something else and feels overdone. So we're trying to be, we're trying to, going to give a positive note. We may Not rip, always. We're going to rip it to shreds, but we may try to say at least, well, I'll try to say at least one positive thing. I mean, it could be they showed up for work that day. There's your positive. So, you know, it's like, I know that I'm not really the guy that should be talking about bands and what is good and what isn't. That said, that's what this podcast is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and these are only my opinions. Right. So, the band is good for what they do, but what they do is not what I like. <laughs> so, I gave them a four. Okay, and I want to hear more by them. That's the only reason they got a seven. I would say possibly hear more by them, like, on purpose. Like, this isn't something that would I would want to fall in my lap, but I may go, okay, you know, I want to check out more Castle Pines. Right, check on iTunes, like, for example, iTunes. Be like, what other songs by them, and when we do a couple samples and see what that's like. That's that's how I'm thinking I would like to. I mean, as far as for this song, this song is not a seven. The, the band is a seven. You know, yeah, I think the band would be rated higher than a four. I don't know if I'd go as far as a seven, because it sounds like something that's already been done before. But the 90s did have some decent pop. They did. The 80s were great for what they were. The 90s had good pop, and then it kind of sh- took a shit in the 2000s. Well, there's even stuff in the 2000s that's viable. Well, yeah, because it didn't. Yeah, because it's still there. It didn't uh, expire quite yet. It was on its deathbed. <laughs> but anyways, moving on. Why don't you go ahead and pick your first one? All right. So first off, I am going to talk about the gross by 10 miles wide. The gross. The gross. <laughs> so thankfully, I listened to this whole song. The opening had me very concerned that this was going to be a horrible song. (laughs) However, it redeemed itself. I like the way they lead in soft and then kind of kick you in the ass with the guitars and vocals. The range of the lead singer was kind of amazing to me. I really enjoyed this, so let's be gross together. if we are together it is pretty gross that's true so that's easy (laughs) enough so a very talented band i like a lot about this band finally a band i feel like lives up to the name seattle-based band (laughs) because there's a lot of bands on our list from seattle there are actually but i give these guys a solid seven five okay i'm not as generous as you actually on this one but you were really fucking nice on the last one (laughs) The song is not bad. The guy's got a decent voice. He gets a bit growly and kind of screamy. And as I'm sure you're aware, I don't care for screamy music. That just drives me nuts. The music itself sounds kind of like a heavier version of the pop band Paramore. The only reason that I know this is because when I worked at Blockbuster, they played the fucking soundtrack for Twilight all the time. And they played a Paramore song, which I actually kind of liked. That being said, this song is... I was going to give it a 6, but that screamy thing kind of messed that up so they lose a point. I'm giving it a 5. Okay. Now, better Paramore than Macklemore. 
No, I would disagree. I kind of enjoy Macklemore, actually. What the fuck is wrong with you? How much time you got? People don't have enough time to listen here. That's we true. only got an hour slot. That's true. Okay. All right, so what do you got up next, man? We're going to go with Weatherman by Dead Sarah. Okay. Now, Dead Sarah is an L.A. hard rock band that formed in 2002 with by Emily Armstrong and Susie Medley. The Susie is spelled S-I-O-U-X-I-E, as in the Indians. Right. Very clever. Both Armstrong and Medley started playing music before they could legally drive. Armstrong was part of many bands in school that didn't get going until around the age 15 when she met up with Medley. They started playing and writing songs together and initially went by the name of Epiphany, but changed it to Dead Sarah in 2005, referencing the Fleetwood Mac song Sarah and the lyric that is said Sarah, but everybody misses it as Dead Sarah. They released their first EP, The Airport Sessions, in 2008 and had a few band shakeups, but finally landed with Sean Friday and Chris Null, both who previously played with Skrillex. Yay. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about Skrillex. whoop shit Okay, I think that covers it. All right. They started to gain popularity in 2011 when they toured with Bush. Weatherman, their lead single, was off their debut album that was released in February 2012. And in April, the full album was released. Let's go ahead and check for the Weatherman. Since then, they've toured with Vans Warped Tour as well as with Offspring. They've released four total studio albums, their self-titled debut Dead Sarah peaking at number 16 on the U.S. charts. Weatherman is a punk and heavy song from the start, and it's just an awesome hard rock song. I really enjoyed this one. Emily gets a bit screamy during the chorus, but it's a bit more acceptable when she does it. I can't really... Oh, yeah, I can't explain it. It's because you can fucking understand what she's saying. Now, a little bit of trivia about this, though, is two of the songs that they've put out have actually been in video games. Weatherman was used in the 2012 EA racing game Need for Speed Most Wanted, and they covered Nirvana's Heart-Shaped Box, and that was used in the 2014 game Infamous Second Son. Okay, that's kind of cool. Bottom line, I really, really dig this song, and I'm going to give this one a super easy number nine, and honestly, I think I'm selling them a little bit short, because they deserve more than a nine. You think this is the unicorn? No, it's not a unicorn, but I think it's a, a solid nine to midnight, nine and a half. Okay. I really, really enjoyed it, and I will be seeking more out from these guys. Okay. I love the voice of the lead singer. Over the last year of doing this, I've come to regret ever saying that women couldn't lead a kick-ass band. You're so, welcome. In fact, I want to recant that statement and put Dead Sarah right up there with bands such as Lacuna Coil, Hailstorm, and Dorothy. So, I really, really fucking love this. I think... Not only will I shock Lou with my rating, but I kind of shocked myself. I went 9 of 10. So we agreed on this one. Yeah, we did. That's got to be one of the first where we hit exact, exact numbers. Exact numbers, right. Yeah. You remember before when, before we started, I was telling you that there was a song that was kind of earwigging it for me? Yeah, yeah. This is it. Okay. This one, I, I just I got the, the main chorus in my head. I'm like, damn it, get out of here. <laughs> but it's such a good song. Yeah, this one is really good. I mean, L.A. has put out a lot of good bands. And they put out a lot of garbage bands. Yeah, they put out poison. Okay. I mean, they put out LA. Knows. They put out LA Guns. Yeah, but LA Guns was a stepping stone for a few bands. You're biased. I know. I'm not saying LA Guns was great by no. any stretch of the imagination. But I there was a lot talent. of. I think they're there more were, talented than Poison. 
Or I think Poison's more talented than NA, LA Guns. Well, Poison was more famous. True. Poison was like the hard rock glam band that was really a nerd underneath. Okay, I can buy that. You know, they they were they they wanted to front this big bad were a badass rock band, but underneath they were just kind of like four goofy guys. So it's like Twisted Sister. Because if you think about Kinda. it, D. Snyder, you take the makeup off him, he's one of the goofiest guys out there. He's one of the yeah. ugliest fuckers out there, I'll tell you that. And a nice guy, too. Really nice guy. That's what I've heard, yeah. And Alice Cooper's another one, too, where, I mean, you get him out off the stage and he's just, like, well-educated, great golfer, and just a nice guy. Yeah, well, you know, I would agree. So, uh, with that little segue here, why don't we go ahead and hit up your number two. All right, my second one I'm going to talk about is Take Your Time by... Aaron Jones. And I say Aaron because, first of all, he doesn't know how to spell his own name. A-Y-R-O-N. Okay, I'll let, I'll let that go. I'm just going to let that one go. Okay. So, strangely enough, we both used the same phrase in some of our songs tonight. This started out as a slow groove. Okay. The singer's voice is decent to good. Uh, this band from Seattle is good. And he definitely wants me to take my time. So let's take some time and listen to Aaron Jones. Nice segue, by the way. Hey, it worked this time. Yeah, it did. So, Seattle has put out a lot of good rock bands back in the day, from Soundgarden to Pearl Jam to the Foo Fighters and so many, many more. I think this has a chance, but I don't think they're there yet. This this song is a pass for me. I gave it four. Wow, this is going to be an interesting conversation. Okay. If I'm being completely honest, I was bored. Yes. I was bored. The song from started... the From the first... Note to the last note. Right. The song starts off really slowly and kind of just hovers. It doesn't really go anywhere, and then after a little bit, it picks up just a tiny bit. I'm still bored. The guy's got a good voice, but the slow pace just kills it for me. This is where I'm conflicted, though. Normally, I'd just say four and be done with it. But there's something, there's kind of like a little diamond in the rough there. I think they've got something hidden. I think this is just a crappy effort. So the song is a four for me, but I think the band, I'm going to have to say seven, which means look into it further, because I think they have potential. So I'm saying four for this one, which is actually exactly what you're saying. Right, and we both basically said the same thing. Like, there's something there. Right. But they're not there yet. Exactly. Yeah, okay. They're, they're kind of NXT. They need to, they, they're not going to get to the main roster yet. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, so what do you got next, man? Next, I'm going to go with In the Dark by Rainwolf. Okay. Now... I, I put on here another Canadian band. Woohoo! But then I realized I have to recant a little bit. Rainwolf is technically an American band. The lead singer, Jordan Cook, was raised in Saskatchewan. In so Saskatoon, th- actually. Uh, there, yeah. Another name that's a pain in the ass to try to say. No, Saskatoon. I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> no, the band originated in Canada, so they're Canadian as far as I'm concerned, and that's all that really matters right now. So. Jordan Cook formed the indie blues rock band Rainwolf. He started recording in Memphis with Matt Chamberlain and Soundgarden's Ben Shepard. Speaking of Soundgarden. Now, Shepard introduced Jordan to his buddy Ryan Crazy, if that's how you pronounce that. 
who convinced Cook to move to the states, namely Seattle, Washington. Here we are in Seattle again. We're back in Seattle. As anyone knows, you need to have a good name to be a good band, so the thought was given, and apparently Craze came up with with the name. The story goes he was listening to the Cult's 1985 album Love, which is another great band, by the way. And part of the track listings were the song Brother Wolf, Sister Moon, and Rain. So with a little finagling and some spelling changes, Rain Wolf was born. Cook got together with his new bandmates, David Stitch Rappaport and Joseph Braley, and they've been performing together ever since. Let's listen to, to them perform In the Dark. they've been working together ever since cook does his own one-man band thing with a guitar and a kick drum when he's not with the other guys which is pretty damn talented actually if you've ever yeah. seen the one-man band stuff rain wolf has the finger quotes distinction of being on rolling stones 10 new artists you need to know from january of 2014 so they got that going for him now in the dark is a bluesy journey that hits all the right tones i have to say that blues really doesn't do it for me very often but i really kind of dig these guys I get more of kind of a bad company, but a rockin' bad company vibe out of it. And I can see that. that's definitely a good thing. I will absolutely listen to more of them, and I think I'll probably see, seek them out. So I'm thinking an easy eight. Okay. I like this groove a lot. This, the vocals are stellar, and the guitar is played with a lot of control on the edge of the loss of control. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Toe in the line, like between the light side and the dark side. Right. It feels like at any second the lead guitarist could just go over the top a.k.a. Jack Black in the School of Rock and the opening scene Mm -hmm. type thing. This is just a well-put-together and very enjoyable song. I mean, thank you, Canada, once again. Because, yes, they're a Seattle band, but... They're still Canadian. They're Canadian. I went... I I said seven. Seven to ten. Okay. Pretty close. Yeah. All right. So what do you think for the next one? All right. For our next one, I am going to do Small Hour Crimes by Wall of Orange. Now, this song strikes me very solidly as a modern group doing an 80s throwback. The music, the lyrics, the whole package just screams the 80s. And not the good 80s. <laughs> so let's just listen to Wall of Orange. So this band based in Dallas makes me long for the days of country music from Texans. This is too much of a trip without any of the good side effects from it. Easily the worst song on the docket. Oh, wow. Three of ten. Ouch. All right. So Small R Crimes, Wall of Orange. This is a trippy, almost nouveau psychedelic rock, which is kind of what you were saying, too. But it's not good psychedelic rock. We're not talking about, like, Jefferson Airplane. Right. You know? We're not talking the doors here. No, right. It's got decent vocals and the music... In the background's okay, and if all of their stuff is like this, it's an upper six bordering on a seven for me. I'm not really going to seek out a ton of it, but I can't really kill it. Really? You're going to go up that high? I'm going to say an upper six. Now, they do actually lose uh, quite a bit because their website is broken at the time of writing this. 
their lyrics on their page is all 404. Oh, Ooh. nice. Yeah, that's not good. If you're if you're trying to get people to find you and figure out what you're all about, kick your webmaster in the ass. Because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and take the next one with Red Envelopes by Walking Papers. There's really not a whole lot on this band, so I'm just going to talk about the song. As soon as the song started, I knew I was going to like it. The starting distortion, for whatever reason, just got me moving and grooving, because I think grooving is apparently the the word of the night. It must be. (laughs) And it just complimented the singer's voice fantastically. Then, a little bit later, the brass kicked in, and I was sold. I loved the brass in this song. I would be totally done with seeing these guys live, and I would love to find more stuff of them. This is one of my highest rated ones. I'm going to see an easy eight and a half without even trying. What are you thinking? I I think that this manifesto of a song is okay. I find nothing special about this group. Lead singer can sing. The band is in step with each, with each other. The drummer is solid. But they don't do anything, in my opinion, to stand out. Easy to listen to. And the lyrics do have something to say. But what it is, I'm not completely sure. Okay. I do like the brass section in the song, but it's not enough, to be honest. It's just not enough to get it there. Very middle of the road for me. I gave this one a five. Okay. And you know what time it is, right? We've passed our seven songs. Wow. Is it time to drink more? I think it is absolutely time to drink more. All right. So what did you bring? All right. I brought one. I'm going to let you read the name of it because it is kind of awesome. It is an American lager. It is called White Trash American Lager from the New American Brewing Company. In Ankeny, Iowa, which is actually where I was for Christmas. Okay, so let's see what we got here. This is an independent craft, like the indie scene we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Let's see, hops, malt, color. Oh, that's good. 16 ounces, 4.8% alcohol by volume. I do like the fact that when it says hops, malt, color, it actually has like a rating system. Yep, and the hops are low, the malt is not very high, and the color is even less. So shall we crack these and see? Sounds like a plan. Yeah, it doesn't make much noise when you click no, cans. No, no. Ooh, I like that. It's got kind of a nutty nutty flavor to it, real pale. I like that. You're obviously not a fan. No, not at all. It's, um, I don't even know. It's just, but you know what? I just did have, recently had a drink of the Killer Zombie, so let me take another, let me take another taste. Yeah, clear your palate. Yeah. It's pretty standard lager. Yeah, it's got a kind of a, it's got a weird, I can't put my finger on it, though. There is something to it. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a nut on the back end flavor to it. I do like the picture on the front of a trailer with... Um, the Christmas lights? The Christmas lights and a, and a couple uh, plastic chairs around a plastic table up front. And, I don't know, is that a is that a cornhole thing that the table's sitting on? Uh, it kind of looks like it. Yeah. A couple, couple empty cans on there, some smokes on the table. Yeah. Well, my friend, I gotta say... Not a fan. This one I give a thumbs down. I'm going to give it probably a solid bar. Okay. So you have two bars tonight. I have a thumbs up and a thumbs down. So So we actually average exactly the same rating. I guess we do, yeah. (laughs) All right, so let me pick this back up. So the next one, Your Man's a Jerk by 20 Watt Tombstone. So this is, I told you before the show that I had a surprise. This is my surprise. Question number one, did you realize this band is from Wausau, Wisconsin? I did indeed. Okay. Question number two. Did you know I interviewed one of the guys from the band before the show tonight? I knew that you were trying for it because I actually got a notification on my phone. Oh, because I did the, because I take Musical.ly <laughs> Challenged. Yes, you did. So So let me go through what I wrote down first, and then we'll talk a little bit about the band itself, and then we'll go from there and we'll see what you think of it. All right. So 
I really think the song could have done without the intro phone call. And why the fuck is he talking to his mom? I think that was part of the music video, though. That's the thing. Possibly. Was, I mean, I didn't realize he had sent us a video. Well, no, but the songs that the the music came off of a video. And that would that would make sense then. The song itself is musically solid. I kind of like the vocal filter they use when starting the song and throughout. I'm almost positive that telling this girl you want to impress that her current man is a jerk kind of probably isn't the best way to do things. You know, you're kind of putting it all out there if you do that, though. Because, I mean, either she's going to take it great and realize that you're the one for her, or she's going to take it badly, or they're going to stay together, and you're just the asshole. My luck, it's always the second of the two. (laughs) Well, not always, because you've got Nicole. Well, yeah, that actually was a situation where I put the cards on the table, and it won the whole pot. Well, there you go. So, well, let's take a listen. Shortly before we recorded tonight, I spoke with Tom Jordan, who is the lead vocalist and guitarist for 20 Watt Tombstone. He does this along with a buddy of his called Mitch Ostrowski, who does the drums and the backing vocals for the most part. They have two albums currently. They have one called Wisco Disco. Okay. And the second album is called Death Blues vs. the Dirty Spliffs. Now, <laughs> there's a story behind that. So they kind of they kind of say that their music is Death Blues. Okay. So, and like metal they, blues. Yeah, kinda. So, and they, the Dirty Spliffs is actually the name of an album from another band, and their second album is actually a two-sided disc. So one side is Twenty Watt Tombstone, the other side is the Left Lane Cruisers, and they did an album called The Dirty Spliffs. Huh. So they they have the Death Blues versus the Dirty Spliffs is the how they name the song. Fair right. enough. They are currently working on their third studio album. They formed in 2011. They were called the Goddams until 2013. <laughs> the reason they changed their name, there's several. One, their tour manager told them that, you know, you're touring the Bible Belt, and I'm starting to hear things that people enjoy the music, but they don't enjoy the name. I would like the album by those gosh darns. Yeah, exactly. Then also, they went to trademark the name, the Goddams, and the U.S. trademark office said no. They wouldn't let them trademark it. Fair enough. So they actually, to get their current name, they did an uh, online poll, and they asked all their fans to, and they let it go for a couple months, and they narrowed it down to two or three, and this was the ultimate winner, the 20-watt tombstones. Okay. And I said, so is there something behind the name? Is there something that, you know, makes it, what What does 20-watt tombstone mean? And he goes, we just thought it sounded the best. <laughs> you you know, know, that's sometimes that's all you need. Exactly. I mean, so... The um, the song, I asked him a little bit about the song, um, Your Man's a Jerk. And he said, well, on our first album, we did a song called Shitty Ex-Girlfriend. And he said, and everybody seemed to like the song, but the women kept coming up to them and saying, what about a song for us? I was thinking the same thing, actually. You know, and he said it took him a long time to write it because he's like... Gender bashing? <laughs> no, but he, he was like, I've never dated a guy. So... Fair enough. How can I write a song about... <laughs> You know, dating a guy. And I said, you know, that makes sense to me. So he said eventually it just kind of, he, he decided that it kind of popped and the idea popped. And that's where he came to this idea of 
going to a girl and telling her that her other that her boyfriend is this jerk. So apart from that, there really isn't much substance to the song. I mean, there is a you know he's got an example of two or why the other guy's a jerk, but basically it's just going, hey, I really like you. Your boyfriend's a jerk. But that or or whatever. I think they're great musicians. Like I said, the band is from Wasa, right here where we live, right here where we do our podcast. Had you heard of them before nope. this? Not at all. Yeah, I hadn't either. And I told him that. I'm like, where have you been? Yeah. And he's like, we play everywhere. And I'm like, where, I guess what I is gotta, everywhere? I guess I got to get, they've actually toured the Midwest. So it's like, I've got to get to more bars, I think. We need to go out drinking more often. Done. <laughs> I'll tell you what, name drop Intermission, down the, right across from Grand. Yep. They have bands there all the time. In fact, I heard, I went and saw a band that was there, and I'll be damned if I can remember the title of the name. No, I can't remember what it was. I, I liked them on Facebook because I enjoyed their music so much. Okay, well, I gave these a solid 6 of 10. I actually want to get out and see one of their shows. I think it would be amazing. And I'm kind of in the same way. I'm, first of all, I'm going to give some love for the local band. The song isn't super complex, so we're in agreement on that one there. But I enjoyed the music overall. It kind of gives me a harder-edged ZZ Top. Like if ZZ Top went another step up. Because remind me after the show, I'll show you a picture of Tom and what you just said is hilarious. Okay. All right. I would listen to more of these guys. For me, it's an easy seven. Um, I'd like to see if they perform in the area. I'd love to go see them live. So if you can find them, let me know. I'll be more than happy to go out and have a drink and listen to some 20 watt tombstone. Well, you know, it's a couple days after Christmas right now. I'm gonna give you another Christmas present. When we're ready for them, they will come and do an interview with us. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, so we got that going for us. So look for it in the future. We'll probably take an episode and we'll just kind of not do music or we'll do just their music and uh, we'll sit and talk to them. Well, there you go. So Buy them a few drinks, talk to them a bit, and yeah. call it a day. What do you got up next? All right, I'm going to go with Red Queen because apparently one red song for me wasn't enough. Hey, you did this. Uh, no, actually, random.org did this. Random.org. You fucking did it. You you did the splitting. If you would have looked at it and went, I don't like this, you could have changed it. But I didn't want to be that way because <laughs> I'd be like, no, you're cherry picking. I didn't want to be that way. I was what trying to be that's nice. Why, that's why I gave you the Beatles song. That's what we do, man. I get that, but I'm saving mine for when it's really going to fuck you over. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> We've got Red Queen by Transylvania Stud. Andrew Godfrey performed Transylvania Stud in Nashville, Tennessee. Per Bandcamp.com, it says he played drums, guitar, bass, and does the vocals, which makes me wonder if he's just a one-man band who does it all on separate tracks. And then, like, post-production just all, adds all the stuff together? Maybe. Could quite possibly be. The site also mentions Melodic Discord of Soundgarden, after list- and I have to say, after listening to him, I can hear the influence pretty easily, actually. Let's go ahead and see if you can catch that influence. starts out pretty alternative kind of hard alternative though not like your basic alanis type whatever mm-hmm. and it keeps it going all the way throughout with really not letting up um the song isn't bad it just to me sounds dated kind of how you mentioned on that one before that it was like 
of a time gone by. Right. That's what I thought about this one. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it. And just to clarify, it's not really out of place now because whoever's playing the instruments is doing a good job. And the band, I'm using finger quotes again, band in case it's all one guy, sounds good together. It's just not what I'd expect out of a modern rock band. I'm going to say a very high six, just a hair away from a seven, because maybe give them a try. Okay. I said this opens with a savage rock riff. I mean, you can't deny that. I was caught up from the very beginning. However, the vocals were really overburdened by the music. From what I was able to hear, the lead singer has a great rock voice. I know these are unsigned bands, and so they can only do so much with the time that they have in studio. I do really like this song. I would love to know where I could find these guys in concert. Or find a disc, or maybe check Spotify. I really enjoy these guys. I didn't hear any lack of rhythm from the drummer, which is one of the biggest things I find that make me not like bands. So, overall, I really like this one. 7 of 10. Okay. Not too bad. I would I would definitely go out and see what else I could find from these guys. If I came across it, I wouldn't change it, but I'm not sure if I'm going to seek much more. I, I That's what Spotify's for, man. Well, yeah, I suppose. All right, so what do you so got next? Up next, I and it's actually kind of a funny transition. We go from the Transylvania Studs to the Hollywood Vampires by the Brenton Sound. So this feels like a throwback to a southern rock style. Very guitar-driven and very much a great sound. I like the backbeat being more up front than the guitar in this one. I think if you flip it, it wouldn't work as well. I have to say, though, it's kind of stereotypical for a New Orleans-based band to do a song about vampires. But I guess I can forgive them as this is a very fucking cool song. So let's listen to Hollywood Vampires. Now, the Breton Sound is a rock band based in New Orleans, Louisiana. Founded in 2011, the Breton Sound began as a collaboration of longtime friends Jonathan Priedis and Stephen Turner. Together, they produced the EP Eudaimonia, which combined their varied musical influences and was produced by Tom Drummond of Better Than Ezra. Within the year, Priedis' brother, Brian, was brought in for bass and backing vocals. 2013 brought their new EP, Maps, and a new drummer, John Bourgeois followed by his brother bassist, Joel Bourgeois. In 2015, the band released the EP Don't Be Afraid of Rock and Roll, Volume 1, with Tom Drummond remaining at the helm as producer. The EP was recorded at Ardent Studios in Memphis, Southern Ground Studios in Atlanta, and the Music Shed in New Orleans. The project was designed to take the band to various historical studios around the South in an effort to capture the vibe and history of the rooms. In October 2015, the band won the Louisiana Music Prize. Currently, the band is working on their fourth EP. I really like this one. I would say I would give this one a solid six. Okay. The lead singer to me sounds kind of like the singer for Point Blank, uh, the one that did the Nicole song that we listened to. Okay, yeah. He's got a good voice. This song is pretty mellow as far as a rock song goes. It, to me, sounds a bit garagey, if that makes that sense. That might have to do with the time in the studio, though. It could be. It could be the source material, too. It's not bad. I can't say that I don't mind it. Um, it's an upper six for me. It's just under the look for more level. So I think we're kind of even out on the sixes on that one. Okay. All uh, right. So what do you got next? All right. Next, we're going to go by Company Line by Dead Ships. All right. 
I couldn't find a whole hell of a lot by these guys, I'll be honest. The guys sound like they're the definition of the term alternative. I mean, really, if you looked it up, they'd probably show a picture in the, in the you know, Soundgarden, Nirvana, and these guys. But obviously these guys are a bit lower than that. Right. It's not bad. They play a style of music, as in the alternative style, very well. I think they're good at what they do. I can't say the singer has a great voice. I didn't really care for his vocal stylings, but I like the music. I think it's a decent song. Let's just take a listen to Company Line for a bit, and you can make your decision, and then we'll talk more. I really don't think I like it enough to look for more of it. It's just there. You know, it's, I mean, I think it's a, a generous upper six is good for me on this one. Okay. Let me ask you a question before I go into what I wrote about these guys. Did you like the Smashing Pumpkins? Music, yes. Singer, no. Okay. Corgan, <laughs> it's just such a whiny voice. It just bothered me. So I said a nice jazzy beat. I like the way they kind of sound like Smashing Pumpkins. The lead vocalist really reminds me of Billy Corgan's style of singing. I hope that this guy would take that as a positive, because that is me giving a compliment. Los Angeles is well known for putting out a lot of good rock bands. I look forward to hearing more from these guys in the future. I gave them 8 of 10. Oh wow, that's... I really enjoyed this one, I really did. You know, I don't know, both both of these Los Angeles groups have gotten good remarks from me, so... Yeah, it looks like it, yeah. Alright, so up next, I've got Black and Mild by the Stax Brothers. Once again, we're looking at a Seattle band... And they kind of remind me of a post-grunge band. They retain some of the influence of early grunge bands and their very own flavor. And the addition of a female voice is really something that brings the song around. Let's fade to black and be mild. a lot of the song but it sounds like a bunch of other stuff that is out there right now and i'm always looking for something different and let's be honest this has been done before they want to think they are badass and in reality they're just a pop band i give them five of ten ouch okay well five isn't that bad five is middle of the road it's not terrible it's solidly bluesy they kind of kick it up a notch to the rock genre i like the back and forth between the guys and the gals I really did enjoy that. That was probably one of my favorite parts of it, and I think they harmonize really well. They sound like an updated version of the band The Heavy. If Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And that's not a bad thing, because I really dig The Heavy. These guys just don't stand out in any really way, shape, or form. They're just kind of, again, just kind of there. I'm going to give them a 7, because I want to hear more of their stuff, because I don't think it's their top, their best effort. But this song is barely a 6. Okay. So, But I you're sp- going with a 7. I'm going with a six. They get a seven, but they're, they're, the song goes for a six. Okay, okay. So I suppose I got my last one, huh? Yeah, what are you doing? What's your last right, one? My last one is Lemonade by the Dead Deads. I love that name. I, I really do. 
It's it's entertaining. Another Nashville band, actually. Yep. The Quartet, the Dead Deads, are an alternative hard rock band from Nashville, Tennessee. They play plenty of hard-sounding material, but also stay true to their garage-style grunge and punk roots. With their rock-heavy sound, they got into their first national tour with none other than Hailstorm in 2014, which massively increased their fan base, known as the Dead Corpse. Yeah, I had read that. That's that's kind of cute. And they actually got a thing on there where, like, if you take a picture at their concerts, every time you get, like, points, and you can actually earn up to, like, t-shirts and shit like that for seeing them. Oh, wow, that's kind of cool. They received plenty of accolades and were invited to play the 2016 Shiprocked Cruise with Five Finger Death Punch, Seether, Helmet, and Hailstorm. Paige Hamilton from Helmet thought the band was quote-unquote awesome and offered to produce their next album. In 2017, they did Ship Rocked again and toured with Alter Bridge for a while, which I wish we would have had a chance to see them opening for Alter Bridge when yeah. we saw them. Well, there was no opening band for Alter Bridge when we saw them because we saw them at a fucking county fair. Right, and they're going to be ending the tour this year with Seether. Let's go ahead and quench some thirst and have some lemonade. like this one best of all of them that we listen to okay the song opens up a bit like a scary movie carnival kind of like a rob zombie type thing and then it just kicks in with a lady lead singer who's got an almost sensual but powerful voice this tied with weatherman for my favorite song on the playlist it's an easy mid nine for me okay i i love this and i might even be undercutting them i really want to hear more from these guys all right so i said the opening riff is a lot of fun it's another great vocal from a girl-led rock band. Not as good as the Dead Sarah, but definitely a great song. I like the energy and the feel of the song, the descending musical riffs that are amazing. I really like the dark circus music in the background, so we kind of both touched on that. Mm-hmm. And I was hooked from the first note. I love the music, too. I mean, I give it 8 to 10. Okay. Definitely something I want to hear more of, something I'm definitely going to uh, to look for. Seek out, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Why don't you round us out here? All right. So, unfortunately, well, or fortunately, I don't know what you'd call it, we're ending up with 55 Days by the Dead Men. This band, based in Washington, D.C., is aptly named. This isn't usually the type of music I like. The vocals are strong, and the voice of the lead singer is amazing. This is a song that would seem more at home in a set list for the animals during the House of the Rising Sundays. So let's check out these 55 Days. Brush it off There's no crying now You just get gone Now, honestly, I don't have a lot to say about this song, other than it's solid. I like a lot about it, and I don't dislike much about it. But that's about it. 7 of 10. Oh, wow, we're definitely going to disagree on this one. You didn't like this one, did you? Oh, no, no. In fact, you said it was solid. I'm going to say it was a solid for me. Um, <laughs> and not in a, It was a solid. I, I understand. Yeah, you, exactly. It's a piece of shit is what you're saying. Yes, it, I may turn into the namesake of the band after being bored to death by this song. It, for me, it felt like it dragged on for 55 days. 
and even after it picks up a little at a minute and a half, and even a little bit more so at 2.04, I'm just kind of waiting for it to end so I can be out of the boredom. Wow. I really, really did not say like much about this one. If I'm going to say anything nice about it, it's that they have a really decent harmony between them. My snap judgment was a three before really listening to this song, and sadly... This is a case of first impressions oftentimes are the right one. My thoughts haven't changed. In fact, they even got a little worse. I'm going to say a solid two. Two! A two. So this is a number two for me. All right. And it worked out. So quickly, jump back. What was your rating on Your Man's a Jerk? Because I'm doing my numbers and I didn't write that one down. Seven. Seven. Okay. All right. So what, what do we got to say here? Well, let's work on trivia while I work on numbers. All right. Well, this one, again, you already know the probably know the answer to. So we're going to go... This, what is the stage name of Marvin Lee Ade, who played Eddie in Rocky Horror Picture Show? It would be Meatloaf, the man. The myth, the legend, the loaf, Meatloaf. Which is what I had for dinner tonight, actually. So, rock on. That just worked out really, really well, actually. I guess it did. <laughs> All right, so, here we go. Our biggest disparaging between us... Was that last one? Was right? that last one. The Dead Men, 55 Days, which had a plus-minus of five. Jeez. Ah, which is probably one of our biggest splits throughout i think so we'd have to look at that past yeah we would have to but and our our smallest well actually we had we tied on three i think didn't we two yeah we tied on three so that's a new record as well yeah usually our opinions are pretty kind of on the same street but not the same side of the street yeah we don't usually end up in the same living room no no like i said we're both on the same street we're just on different sides of the street so with that okay listen up everybody turn up your volumes announcement yeah, absolutely. So this episode is going to be dropping uh, right before... One day. One right, day. Before, right before Evercon. Yeah, this drops on January 4th, 2018. Evercon starts on January 5th. Right. We will be at Evercon. Right. What are we doing at Evercon, Lou? I believe we are going to be talking about geeky nerdisms and themes that would be applicable to that lifestyle. So a little bit of everything. I mean, it could be video games. It could be fantasy movies. It could be just a little bit of whatever you're thinking could be considered geeky. And that's what we'll be talking about. Yeah. Also, if you want to reach out to us and give us any criticism one way or the other on this episode or any of the other ooh, episodes. Ooh, ooh. Should we have a suggestion box when we're at Evercon? That might be fun. That would be hilarious, actually. Do you have a shoebox? I, yeah. Yes! I have teenage daughters. Awesome. I, I think we should have a suggestion box. I think, yeah, that's a good idea, actually. So, but if you want to leave us a suggestion other than at Evercon, uh, you can do that in a few ways. One, you can email us. You can email us at musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at POI Network or at Musically Challenged Podcast. Drop us a line there and we'll get back to you. Drop us an email. We'll get back to you. I promise we will. And we have one other avenue. And what we've, would that be? We've got the Twitter. So if you want to go ahead and tweet something to us, you certainly can. We're at MC Podcast 17 And it works because that's how Hunter did this. Exactly. So, you know, it's not just, you know, shooting it into the wind or anything. You actually, this is a legitimate way to contact us. Yeah. And with that, I want to thank Hunter. It was an excellent list, man. I think of all the lists we've gotten so far, this is probably the strongest. I would agree. And this is nothing against Dawn, because Dawn's list was pretty good, too. Or any of the other or lists. Or any of the other ones. It just, I think this is probably the strongest one. We each had one or two songs that we really didn't we're care a for. We're a little meh. But for the most part, this has definitely got the highest average for me. 
I, I think so too, actually. And then we've got after Evercon, I know we've got two more listeners that we got coming up too. Yep, yep. So we've got we got a good friend of both of ours, Brian. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing his, I believe, the episode after the episode after, and then after the week after that, it's we be... have everybody's friend, your friend and my friend, Al Seeger, sent us a list from POI Networks. Yeah, that's going to be our one year. Al's episode is going to be our one year. It is. That's number fifty-two for us. And we're going to do some special stuff for the fi- for the fifty-two episode. We're going to do we're going to pull some stats for you guys and let you know some of the stuff that we've done. You know how many different bands that we did talk about, how many different songs, uh, genres. Uh. So we're, we've got a few different points that we're going to hit during that episode that we're just going to kind of give you guys just a little rundown of what we've done over the last year and maybe kind of give ourselves a little bit of a rundown of what we've done over the last year. So we'll we'll tell you how many times we've duplicated a song. Because we, we both know it's happened, but I don't think it's happened all that much. No, I think we've done pretty good at staying away from the duplications. And yeah. I know that, I don't know about yourself, but I know for myself that there's been a couple times where I'm like, oh, I want to do this one, but no, I want to save that for a different one. In fact, actually, there's one that I have on my future list because we're talking about Valentine's Day. And there's one I wanted to put on a different playlist. I'm like, no, that'll work better for Valentine's Day. Okay. So, yeah, it's definitely happened. And I could actually even pick out a couple off my head, but then again, I'm the one who... I've got the Excel sheets. Yeah, exactly. So with that, thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you live next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook, And follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.